Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. We're about to hit the uh, 2.5 million mark on downloads and listens and all that good stuff here on Best Ever You, and it is just all grassroots and all your efforts of listening and sharing the shows and all of our amazing guests, most importantly. We just have the coolest guests, and we've got another one here today. Uh, We have the head coach of the University of Maine baseball team here with us. His name is Nick Durba, if you don't already know that. And um, we are here in Maine broadcasting, and he's on his phone up in Bangor, Maine, probably, or unless he might be in Florida doing something cool with baseball. I have no (laughs) idea. (laughs) But um, he's here with me, and um, just super, super excited to have him with me, and I'll bring him on here in a minute. But I want to – we've got an advertiser who said, can you please, please, please read this on air? And I was like, heck, yeah, I can do that for you guys because – it's Leo Costa and Joe Breen, and I don't know if you know Leo Costa and Joe Breen, but they are amazing fitness guys. Leo Costa has worked with all these celebrities over like 35 years, like Kevin Costner, and he works with baseball stars, bodybuilders, and people, just you know, regular people like us too. So um, he has a new program um, called Auto Diet Plus. And you can go to autodietplus.com and click on a seven-day trial for all information. But basically, it's uh, I love this. Are you tired of spending money? He's got thousands of dollars. <laughs> I don't know if I spend thousands of dollars, but we'll just go with money on exercise programs to see the only thing getting thinner is your wallet. I love that. Um, and I love this. What if we told you that there's a program that allows access to a certified personal trainer, Leo and Joe, on a 24-hour basis and the best of all, you can eat all of your favorite holiday foods. And I don't know about that, but I'm, I'm not completely sold on that because I eat a lot of stuffing, but we'll see. But you can spend only three hours in the gym and look and feel better than your friends on those fad programs. And it doesn't sound too good to be true, and it's not. And I issued my Elizabeth's Best Award of Excellence to this because it works and it's awesome. And it's developed by world-class fitness expert Leo Costa um, and Joe Breen. And um, Joe Breen has had 20 years of experience training kind of the same types of people. And um, so they're offering this to the listeners of Best Ever You, and they're so confident that what they've got going on works that Best Ever You listeners get a free seven-day trial, and you get your money back if you don't love it. So talk to them. Go to autodietplus.com and um, check it out because they're awesome. They're really good friends of mine. And Leo Cost is also a stroke survivor, if you didn't know that. He's got a book out um, all about um, his Gosh, he had to learn to walk and talk again and all sorts of crazy stuff. So amazing guy, and um, you spell his name L-E-O-C-O-S-T-A. All right, so on to our show. Um, Coach Derber, are you there with me? Hello, hello. I am. How are you doing? Thanks Thanks for having me on. Great, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Um, uh, we're going to just go right into baseball. I mean, you how cool is it you're the new head coach? Yay! <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm relieved and excited. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a native New Yorker, but uh, being here in Maine has been wonderful for myself and for my wife. So it's been, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, good, it's a good, uh, good place to be. 
Yeah, and you were the. Did you? How long did you serve as an interim head coach at UMaine? Um, was it a year and um, or more? I don't. I don't know exactly. It was. It was it, yeah, I got the. I got the. The change went from December thirty first, where I was the associate head, to January first of this year. So it was only about you know seven months where I was the interim, and then uh, in July, I got the the official word. So um, you know, it's been. You know, it's been. A, it's been a good, kind of a crazy twenty seventeen for me, but it's been. Uh, it's ended up very well for us. Yeah, well, you must have a golden touch because they're winning. <laughs> so highest win total in four years and all sorts of – I mean, you guys were so close to everything last year. I mean, it, you, you're just doing great things there, aren't you? Well, I you know I like to think we are. I mean, the, the winning is uh, is usually a product of a lot of other things that happen, but you know ultimately it comes down to the guys and the team. They're they're the ones winning, and I'm the one that loses. I think that's the best way of putting it. So. <laughs> yeah. Let, well, I've I've developed this just. In, I'm a I'm a for, former student athlete myself. I, gymnastics is mostly my background, um, and cheerleading also. But I've always had this just insane love of student athletes. Um, they're just amazing to me, and um, so any chance I get to talk about student athletes and exactly what it takes for that type of individual to become their best, I'm all about it. And so I was kind of hoping our show today would be a lot about that, developing people, and and exactly what you're doing. And um, so I kind of want you to just talk, and I'll be quiet. I've been doing that lately, and it seems to work a lot better because you're the guest. But you know, how do you yeah. help these student athletes become their best? Because there, you know, there's a lot of kids there. Yeah, there is, you know, and uh, you know, it kind of starts from, you know, what they're the the term, you know, the term uh, student athlete, and you know, while I am a baseball coach, um, I kind of joke around and tell, but you know, in all, you know, you know, all, all candidness, uh, I, I'm a teacher first and foremost, and um, you know, utilizing baseball as a vehicle to kind of discuss and teach guys um, about life. That's really, you know, what, what I'm trying to do. And, um, you know, we focus on, hey, you know, you're a student first and athlete second. So, number one, you guys come in here and you get an education in the classroom. You know, it's the most obvious. And then the second most obvious is, hey, you get an education on the baseball field. You know, and from those two fronts, I think everyone understands that, you know, as a, as a coach uh, in any level, you know, you're trying to get people to you know, to reach their, their talent ceilings uh, in both of those venues. But most importantly, and I think this is where I really, you know, I, I pride myself on what um, what I see from our guys over, you know, the four or five years and when they come in as a freshman, is how they develop as people. And that's really the most important part of, um, of my job. And, and uh, my most favorite part of it, you know, is watching these young men develop and mature because, you know, they come in as a freshman and they think they're coming here you know, they're going to leave college making all sorts of money and uh, play big, big league baseball and make millions of dollars. But the reality of it is that, you know, they're going to leave here with a good degree. Um, they're probably not going to play professional baseball. And then, you know, most importantly, it's what are you going to be afterwards? And that's, the, you know, that's really what uh, I try to get these guys to focus on is just reaching their talent ceiling and becoming a productive member after school's over. That's, you know, that's what we're here for. Yeah, it's back up for a second it's not even easy to be a college baseball player or a college athlete there's such a tiny percentage of people that go from like just like go from like little league to middle school to high school i mean it, it drops off significantly i mean it's just a crazy honor to be able to play in college isn't it 
I mean, it's, it's a crazy honor to play in high school. Uh, yeah. You know, I think people take for take for granted how many kids, you know, you, when you play high school baseball, any high school sport for that matter, that's not easy to do. You know, you still have to make cuts. You, you're still competing against a, a, a huge population no matter where you are. And then to go and play at any level of college for any sport, um, you know, that's a feat that you're, you're in an elite class of people that, you know, throughout the world, not many people get the opportunity to go and play uh, at any level of college sports. And, you know, just that alone is... Uh, is an accolade in and of itself. Yeah, will you will you take me back through like some of your own experiences as a student athlete? Because I read that you, or I don't know, I, I can't, I don't see it in front of me now. But were you almost like a doctor or something? You have a really cool degree or something. I can't remember where I saw it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so is that I was. Right? Um, yeah, I, well, that was uh, since I was like a little kid, I wanted to be a pediatrician. And when I went to uh, into to Manhattan College, where I got my undergrad, I, I was a major in pre med. I was a pre med bio major and double minored in chemistry and psychology. And uh, baseball was, you know, still I still view it as as it is now. Uh, it was a vehicle that I could defer some costs for uh, for school. And um, you know, I wanted to go to medical school. And um, you know, I knew I was a pretty good baseball player. And then uh, you know, my junior year came around, and then I had the opportunity to, you know, possibly get drafted, and I basically said, I don't want to do that. I want to, you know, finish my degree and have that piece of paper, because my goal was to go on to um, to medical school, and then um, I got drafted as a senior in, in college, and I said, you know what, I can always go back to medical school, um, and, uh, you know, during the time where I was thinking about retiring from playing with the St. Louis Cardinals, um, you know, I, I was applying to medical school and applying to PA school and physical therapy school, and I was getting into where, you know, there's a lot of places I applied to. But the one thing that I kept coming back, I kept coming back to was, when am I going to be able to help coach and be around, you know, athletes and talk to them and teach them and basically get the chance to uh, impart some knowledge I, I gained um, and kind of give back in a way that uh, I was lucky enough to have a lot of very good coaches. And I remember speaking to my wife, my fiance at the time. Uh, she basically said, "Nick, everything you're talking about is you're trying to make car, you know, trying to carve time out to 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 use baseball and teach." And she's like, "Why don't you think about being a baseball coach?" You know, it's kind of like an aha moment, which is it's kind of obvious. But um, and then you know that's kind of where it went, and here I am now. Um, but you know, medical going to medical school was something that I dreamed of since I was probably in sixth grade. I always wanted to be a pediatrician, um, and uh, you know, I was a, I was happy I got the chance to go and you know and and, and go through the struggles of of academia uh, at Manhattan College. But um, you know, it's kind of a funny road that I ended up here in in a way. Well, it's it's cool though. I hope anybody listening who's way younger than I am, because I'm almost fifty, <laughs> is listening to this because. That's really important. Um, if you really listen to what Coach Durba just said, you you were very academically inclined, even though you're so gifted at baseball um, and and coaching and all these things. I don't. I didn't hear me 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 in any of that. Well, you just said no. I didn't hear any me me me. I'm the best baseball player ever. You know, kind of stuff. It sounded like it wasn't really even. I mean, I'm sure it was something you were thinking about. You know, I don't know of a kid around who doesn't want to play professional baseball, but you really hung on to your academics. Can you go back and kind of give some insight into your mindset back then of why you were so strongly academic? Because some people think the other way. 
Um, you know, I think it, it, it 100% it comes it starts with my parents and you know and my my family. Uh, both my parents parents are teachers. Uh, my father was a math teacher for 30 plus years. My mother was a kindergarten first grade teacher for 20 something years. Um, you know, a very educated family. My brother's a CPA in New York. You know, and and uh, it really came down to uh, it was never a fraud negotiation. I guess you could say, you know, early on it was, I'm going to college and, you know, um, you know, as a senior in high school, I, you know, the the professional stuff kind of came around and my father sat me down and said, Nick, please understand something. Well, it's cool to go and play professionally and I, and I hope you get the chance to do it at some point, you know, baseball is not there forever. And I was lucky enough that I had an open relationship with my father and my mother, um, you know, to kind of discuss really what it meant. And, 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 you know, it just wasn't about getting an opportunity to play. Um, it was more about using your using something that I had as I was gifted. I was, you know, I was lucky enough to, to, to be a pretty good at baseball. I was lucky enough to be offered some scholarships to go play baseball that would eventually give me a chance to do something, um, you know, better, you know, and, and go and go get my, my degree. And, and that was something that was always, um, it was never a possibility. It was, this is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do. It was kind of a, a very uh, central value within my family. And I think that's really where it stems from. Um, yeah, of course I wanted to be a big leaguer and, you know, have my name on my, see my face on Sports Illustrated, but I kind of tell my father, like, you know, Hey, if I get the chance to be that, I'm still going to go back to school and get my and finish my degree and get my master's degree, which I got uh, two summers ago. You know, education is just an important piece of the puzzle for me, and it's non-negotiable. It's something that um, if you want to do something good in life, if you want to be able to do something, you still need to be able to read and write to a certain degree. And uh, it was more of a it was a pride thing, and it was a it was a, a you know just a core value uh, that I grew up with, and you know, kind of just continued continued to trickle on and. Uh, you know, I still hold that high and high, the highest regard for our for my players now. Yeah. Now, there's another component to, to you that I I picked up on also. Also, sorry, I will get my words out. I promise. <laughs> and, um, all, everything about community service. Um, I I really love it when um, athletes and student athletes um, not only have the education part, but the community service part as well. That whole give back. Could you talk about um, Maine baseball's outreach program, um, all the things that you do personally that the, that the, that the players do, because um, it sounds like everybody's pretty actively involved. Yeah, the school itself, uh, Carlton Creature Athletic Director, really you know places a, a major emphasis on this uh, you know as a as a department. Um, this is something that you know when I got here at Maine, um, I really thought it was important. Uh, you know, you're a Division One athlete here, and uh, it's a platform that comes with uh, some you know, some, uh, some entitlement, I guess you could say in a way, but it also comes with some some responsibilities. And, you know, this is part of the learning uh, process. And, you know, when you look around college sports in general, you have a thousand kids that want to be in your shoes and they dream about being there and where you are. And, um, you know, and it's important for us, you know, we go, you know, we've done some, some uh, fundraising uh, stuff in the last couple of years at Eastern Maine Medical Center where we've raised uh, some money for, for cancer research uh, through the Versus Cancer Foundation, you know, for, for pediatric uh, pediatric cancers. We've done that a couple of years. This year we're actually working with uh, Old Town Rec uh, Youth Center over in the Herb Sargent Community Center. Um, we're trying to raise some money for, for a scholarship for uh, an individual that, you know, simply 
can't afford to to go to an after school program um you know and these are this is everything we're really trying to do is you know it's a, it's a dual edged sword um you know i i do believe that we have something that's more important here than just winning baseball games and and graduating players i think that these these young men um you know the athletic department in general we have a platform that we can use to to give back to the community because if we don't have the community behind us we really have nothing and you know for these young athletes you know they they have uh they have a very good you know they have a great platform to do something more uh than just get good grades and hit home runs they can touch touch one kid's life that may, you know, maybe he's going down the right way or maybe going the wrong way, but you can change or, or facilitate their, uh, their movement in a positive direction because, you know, that's why we are, you know, that's why we love sports, I think, is it gives the kids a dream. It gives you a dream. And, um, you know, I feel very strongly about that. And that's something that's always, uh, you know, very important to me. And it's, it's become very important to the athletic department. It's very important to our, to our team. And, uh, that's something that, you know, i really pride uh, our guys on because they really enjoy doing it. It's not something they feel like they're obligated to do. Yeah. So talk about the guys for a second, talk, or for minutes or however long you need, but t- talk about the team. Um, I don't have every little stat memorized or anything like that, but I, I know you guys are very good, and I know there are some really talented um, baseball players on that team. Um, do you mind just taking taking some time and just, you know, Talking Absolutely. about the team, talking about the players and your upcoming season and whatever you want to talk yeah. about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we have uh, we have thirty guys on the roster right now. Um, you know, we have uh, nine nine native Mainers. Uh, we're always looking to bring bring the, keep the best Maine talent in house. Uh, that's always a, an important an important piece to you know for us and for us recruiting. Uh, but uh, you know, we, we we do recruit nationally. Uh, we have. A lot of uh, we went from last year we were actually considered to be a young team where we had a lot of sophomores and juniors and this year we're basically the same team we're just now considered to be older, uh, which is kind of funny how one year you, you know you turn into a veteran uh, as far as that goes. Um, you know we have very talented men, uh, young men. Uh, Jeremy Payne is probably uh, you know one, a guy we may see on TV someday. He's our shortstop right now. He's a junior. He's from Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, Justin Courtney, Trevor Delate, Peter Kembo, Alex McKenney, These are all names you, you may have heard. They're all from you know from the, uh, the 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 main area. They're all uh, pitchers for us um, that have progressed and they're they they produced at a high level for you know throughout the throughout the the year. Uh, Jonah Normando is another guy uh, who's actually down from you know from from your you know in the Portland area. So uh, you know we really have a good group of leaders that um, you know they've they really take to it. Um, you know I'm, I'm the baseball side of things. They're very talented young men. They work hard uh, in the classroom. I'm really proud of what they do. You know, in the last nine semesters or so, we've had a, a team GPA of 3.0 or higher in seven of them. So that's really good to do, awesome. especially with 30 some odd men. You know, uh, it's you know I think uh, kind of going back to the professional baseball thing. You know, I think especially with uh, young men, they they forget that sometimes they're here to go to school first and foremost. Um, <laughs> yeah. But they, you know, they've, they've done a great job and then, you know, they're just, uh, they're good, they're good character individuals. They're, you know, they care about each other. Um, 
you know, I enjoy, I enjoy, not everyone could say this, but I truly enjoy the people I work with on a day in day out basis. And those 30 some odd guys down there, you know, besides the coaching staff, you know, we're, I'm with them every single day and you got to like who you're with. And, uh, you know, they, they bring a joy, uh, to my life and, um, you know, they really, they really care about each other and they really, uh, they get after it, you know, they really get after it in, the, in school and, and on the baseball field. So talk championships for me, if you if you would, about um, about what what ha- last year's season and where you would hap- what you think is going to happen this season. Hopefully that's not too. I hopefully I didn't girlify baseball too much. No, that. no, not at all, not at all. Um, so you know, last year we had, we had a very slow start. Uh, I thought it was kind of indicative of um, the, the way that the season flowed was kind of indicative, really, of how everything was just. It was, it was just the tale of two seasons. Uh, you know, early on, I think, uh, you know, you know, I was struggling to find who I was as a head coach, uh, and I think the players are trying to find their identity as, as individuals and as a team, which, you know, that happens at times, especially in coaching changes. Um, and then, you know, we had, um, you know, we about midway through, you know, we kind of all had a, had a reality check and realized that we just weren't being who we naturally were. And we picked it up and we started to play baseball um, and take care of some little things that, you know, happen off the field as well. And we had a good run, you know, and uh, we got, we got into the championship game. We actually lost in the, uh, in the first game of the playoffs, which, you know, is kind of a death sentence uh, in, the, in the playoff format. And in order for us to have uh, to win the championship, we had to win <clears throat> uh, five straight games. <clears throat> and we got into the championship game. Uh, we lost in the fourth on, uh, you know, in the bottom of the 11th inning in a one-to-one baseball game. Um, so, you know, we, we fought to the bitter end. We did something that most of the teams, uh, most pe- most teams, I honestly could say this, don't, don't do. It doesn't happen very often, you know, for us to have gotten that far. And I thought that... Um, you know, just they, they showed that the guys, the team showed a lot of character and the way they just said, you know what, we just got to go and play, uh, abide by the process and, um, you know, just win and, and, and accomplish and take care of what's in front of us instead of worrying about what happens, you know, way down the road. And, um, you know, it kind of all came together. And in that, it's kind of funny sometimes in that, def- in those defeats, you know, you almost feel like you win. And I remember leaving feeling very sad that we lost, but at the same time I felt I just was overcome with, with, with pride for how they uh, responded in such a such a tough and difficult environment. I noticed that in your Twitter feed, because I follow you on Twitter, which um, you're Nick Durba on Twitter, and I thought that was really cool of you. Um, because, you know, I, I, I was following and, and I just, I don't know, I'm just interested in the psychology behind things and how people react, respond, do things. And I thought that was really neat because you, I could tell, um, that you were super proud. Absolutely. And, you know, and I, uh, I think it's, uh, it's important. It's important for me. So I tell our guys all the time that, you know, we're, we're, we are truly in this together, you know, and winning and losing is important, but it's not the end all be all. I, I, you know, I, we've, we talk about a lot, you know, the process of, of every day and winning a process, you know, and, and losses, losses are not, you know, necessarily the worst thing in the world. You know, when you look at the L column, we talk about as a, as a team, um, you know, winning, being beat and losing. Um, and we got beat, you know, we got beat and I can deal with that. Because being beat means you played very well, and something 
just didn't happen. The other team may have been better than you that day. That's a very different thing than losing baseball games where you're not you're not playing to your potential. And our number one thing on a day in day out basis is getting as close to what we're capable of, um, and nothing more than that. Just get to where we where we where we should be uh, from talent wise, you know, in the classroom on the field, and you know, realizing as much of the potential as we we have. Uh, on an everyday basis and you know for me um, you know and I think for the the coach and I know for the coaching staff and really the players you know you can't fake you can't fake uh, you know you can't fake real you know these 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 guys the guys uh, on the team they know if you're lying to them or you know you're not telling the truth so you know for me um, this is what it's about it's about being able to create a culture create an environment where, where players feel okay with making mistakes which allows them to to flourish. You know, if you're always afraid of making a mistake, you're never able to focus on what you need to do to get better um, and, and being aggressive in life in general. Yeah, that's, that's good. I think that applies to – don't you think that applies to more than baseball? I think uh, a, lot of, a lot of what we talk about applies to much more than baseball, and I think that's something that, you know, I think uh, a lot of the times you, you know, talk to people about sports – you know, and and you you can I think you can attest you can you can testify to this. You know, when you're competing, it really brings the the, the it really brings the true self out. And um, when you fail, you really find out who people are. You know, again, life. You know, if you lose a job, it's the same thing in a way of getting cut from a team. You know, how are you going to really respond to that and and be able to get back up on the horse? You know, and and really try to mend mend your way back into. Uh, to some so some some somewhat success and you know it's uh this is why this is why for me sports are so important baseball is specifically is because you learn so many life lessons that you know they'll have for the rest of their lives when you are um teach me teach us something about coaching when you're when you're coaching a, a group of thirty people how do you do that? Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it seems like such a hard job. Um, do you have little, do you have like some, for any other coaches listening out there, do you have something that you have um, that you think about all the time that you apply to your team? Is there some little advice the one, you have? The one thing yeah. that I definitely have that I'm extremely lucky for is I have uh, an excellent coaching staff. So, you know, uh, Connor Burke, who's uh, been an assistant here with me for a few years now, through going on his fourth year. Uh, John Schiffner, who was the winningest coach in Cape Cod League history, uh, with, he was originally with the Chatham A's, is now here. Um, I played for him. He's here as an assistant. And Matt Marsh, who's uh, who's also been coaching for quite a while, is here now. So I have a lot of really good coaches here. Um, so the you know the X's and O's. You know, that's easy stuff. That's that's probably the smallest part of our job. Um, you know, and my biggest, the biggest thing we talk about coaching philosophy is make mistakes aggressively, whether it's, you know, on the baseball field uh, or in the classroom or whatever it may be, but be convicted of what you do. Because you can always, if, you know, if you go into something second guessing, no matter what it is, you're probably not going to be able to... Um, succeed consistently and the only way you can be convicted in what you do is by preparing and for us you know the drills we do in the batting practice or the studying the study hall hours if you're actually going in and studying if you're actually going in and, and taking batting practice you can be convicted 
in what you do on game day or test day. And that's really where the process for us really comes into it. You know, the result is, you know, your 87 on a test is usually a result of what you did before. And, yeah. you know, and that's our, that's our biggest thing is, you know, go in, have no regrets, and whatever, you, whatever happens at the other end, learn from it, and then readjust. Do you um, what's okay? So I lo- I love this question. What's the uh, what's the difference between environment and culture? So um, environment is what we have right now. That's what what you have right now, and 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 that can happen in a short period of time. <clears throat> so right now, you know, the environment that we're creating, or I hope we have right now, is the precursor to the culture we have. Um, so the culture is something that that develops over time. And it is always changing as a result of the environment. Um, And, you know, when we talk about environment and we talk about culture, I think sometimes, you know, for our guys specifically, we, we we, 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 you know, uh, interchange the two rather than understanding that, you know, one's a precursor to the other. Uh, So we understand that we have an environment here and what we do today is going to affect our culture in general. Uh, you can kind of, once again, I talk about process a lot, but you can kind of go back to process. You know, if our environment here is one of learning and a classroom setting and we're open to ideas and we're, we're, we're tolerant of others, our culture will therefore be one of one that is willing to learn and listen and, and accept people in. You know, you can't just uh, one day say, hey, the culture is going to be this and not change the environment because that just, that just doesn't work. It's, it's, a, it's a house of cards. And, uh, you know, the here and now is your environment, and then what you see, your overall body of work, is truly the culture of, of, uh, of your team, your, your organization, your family, your friendships, whatever it may be. That's really, that's really cool. I hope everybody listens and plays that back because that's very important. I w- I, I, um, before we did the show, I kind of asked Coach Sherber for a, a few things I could ask him online, and he gave me uh, – and he gave me that question to ask him, and um, I sort of saved it. I circled it, and I'm like, okay, I need to learn this. So I just learned something. Thank you for that. And um, I hope other people um, listen and play that back, too, because that, that applies to anywhere. That applies to even your own house, <laughs> don't you think? Yeah, it, 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 it's the truth. I think, you know, if you're you – can't, you can't say you're, you're you know, you're, you're abiding by a good diet and go run by McDonald's. I'm sorry for any – you know, again, go get a Big Mac and and say, hey, I'm eating really healthy today. Right. You know, it, it's 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 a it's a it's a, it's a total, it's a full body of work. It's what you do here and now that that creates your culture. Now, is that tricky um, to maintain with, um, you know, like when seniors graduate and so forth, and you've got a new group of people coming in? How do you um, adjust that when you're constantly you know, changing um, every year? That's uh, that's a that's an, a really good question. And uh, I think it really it, it's always going to change uh, according to you know who you know, the personnel and and I think that the culture has to change according to personnel. But if your core values your core values remain, um, you know it may just look different. But if they're you know the environment may look a little different. But if you're still getting to the same to the same you know overall culture and stay same results, I get, you know, that's really what happens. Uh, but every player is equally responsible for the environment. 
and that means that every player is equally responsible for the culture. And you know, and if and when I think if you give people that if you give people that responsibility and they know they're they're part of it as equal as a senior captain, um, that is you know you empower people. You know that's that's if you if you empower somebody, you give them a reason to be you know to take ownership for something, and that's really what. You know, we have our senior captains, but our senior captains are really there to to be the voices and to be heard. Um, but our freshmen are just as important in, in providing and, and creating culture and environment as our senior captains are. So I think, you know, it, it does change. It just cha- I think the environment changes the way it looks, but ultimately the culture itself can always remain the same. Do you think it's important um, at, for a prospective student-athlete to go someplace where um, they're going to like play and get experience and and you know all those things. I know there's there's so many questions. I I, I think about just those those juniors and seniors in high school trying to make these decisions if they're you know if they're if they can you know um, you know mm-hmm. if they're asked to be playing college baseball or any sport for that matter. What are some of those? What are some of the key things that that age group should be thinking of in terms of where they belong at you know at a at schools or programs you know all those things can you talk about that a little bit absolutely um i think the number one thing that parents uh players they what they what everyone has to remember is that it's supposed to be fun that's the number one thing and and i mean that from the you know, deepest part of my soul that I think it gets forgotten that uh, they're playing a game and that needs to be fun. And if it's not fun and you're just doing it because you think you should be doing it, you really need to think if think about that a little bit harder. Um, so that's number one. And I know that, you know, sitting on the bench is never a fun thing to do. To make a decision based on baseball or sports, um, you know, that's a tough thing to do uh, because – you know, ultimately, you want the opportunity to, to play. Um, you want you want the opportunity to play wherever you are. Uh, there's never a guarantee that you're going to play anywhere. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it happens sometimes. Sometimes the coaches don't make the right decisions. Um, similarly, similarly in the re- in real world when, hey, you know, you didn't get the promotion. Um, and, and I think it's important for people to realize, you know, for the young, for the young man and young woman, um, that they have to at that at that age in high school they have to have some fun playing what they're playing and they have there has to be a passion for it um, and if they don't have the passion for it but they just like to do it but they're not playing they have to kind of look look in the mirror and say well am I really putting the time in to get there um, you know and that question from the question for me is, is difficult to answer as as a, as a coverall because some people don't you know they want to play but they don't want to put the, the extra time in to play. Um, so, you know, that's something that really needs to be reevaluated from the perspective of, well, where, you know, if we, if we just transfer schools and go to a less school and that's what he all so-and-so wants to do is just go and play. And that's what, and you know, they're able to go play there. Well, then great. Um, but they're forgetting about one of the most important things in sports, it's competition. And, you know, you're not, and I truly believe that if you're not the best player on the team, you're probably in the right spot. You're probably where you should be. And if you are the best player, but you're pushing other players to get better, then you're a leader. And, you know, and if you're, and if you're not the best player on the team and you're checking out, 
and you're kind of going the other way, then you're not part of the team. And, you know, maybe, maybe you are in the wrong spot. And that's, those are kind of things that, you know, you have to kind of take, it, take well. into account. Even at even at the high school level, that's very wise as well too, or or any any level. Any level. That's that's really wise as well. See, I love learning stuff. It's so much fun <laughs> to, to hear. I love coaches. <laughs> Just think you guys are brilliant with all your with all your wisdom and and things that you've learned. I mean, because you know you've been at this. How long have you been a How long have you been a coach now? This is my uh, fifth year. Awesome. That's my fifth year, so I haven't been doing a whole lot. But I've um, a lot of a lot of what I, I try to do is take from my 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 playing career and listening to some of the best coaches ever, you know, and Tony Larusa and Mike Matheny, and uh, having the opportunity to to pick some people's brains. You know, I've got the chance to meet Bill Belichick, you know, before, and 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 you know, and uh, Bobby Knight, and these guys. They speak, you know, they're they they have real theory, and so I'm just trying to, you know. Following their lines as much as possible. Now, on Best Ever You and Percolate and everything that I do, I am so super into goals, values, beliefs, um, and especially for helping people develop that if they weren't raised with it, like in their own childhood and so forth. A lot of people um, get to a point and they think, oh, you know, I need some type of system in place for my values and what I really think and feel and so forth. Do you? How have you developed that for yourself, and how does that play into all that you do? Uh, so I, you know, I kind of have, and you know, I, I, for me, it's been I have dreams and I have goals, um, and then within my sub series of goals, I have I have a bunch of them. Uh, so my dream, you know, for instance, my dream is to be, you know, or was to play in the, in the major leagues. That was a dream. That was uh, something that was a long shot, you know, uh, something that it was. It could may happen if stars align, and I do everything I can and get lucky. So my dream now is to be the winningest coach in college baseball history. While it's it's attainable, it's extremely unlikely, <laughs> and <laughs> I need a lot of lot of wonderful things to happen. But that's a dream. Um, but my overarching goal right now my number one goal is more a slightly more short term okay so you know I, and i have my goals where number one our our goal for this team on the field is america east championship and then move on from there um now that's the baseball side of things and within that it's you know your everyday practice plan is what you know my goal for today was to meet with every single player to discuss what we uh, what they should be doing in the winter time so that so I I achieved my goal today for baseball um, a little while ago, uh, and then I'll have to step a series of, series of steps that you know throughout the process to get us to an America's Championship. Uh, then off the field, I have a goal for each one of these players, so that they feel like every single day one of my biggest goals is that they feel like they can come in and talk to me about, about anything, um, and being down to earth with them and being honest with them. Um, and creating a relationship with them, and, and I mean, I don't. In a relationship, I tell them uh, the relationship is is paramount to our success as a team. Um, so you know that, and then every single day, you know, I kind of walk into my office, I write down what I need to get taken care of before I leave the office today. I'll do the same thing. Um, but you know, every day you wake up, you should be striving for something. Uh, you know, and, and that's you know, you want you if you. 
you, know, you ever hear this, this saying, like, win every single day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's a goal. So how do I win today? Well, if I can get these five or six things, five or, you know, five or six things done, I won today. And then tomorrow I wake back up and I go to the gym. I won that first hour. And, and basically it's just, you know, it's, it, it's a structure. Uh, I think it's more than anything else, it's a structure. And, un, and, and knowing what you really want, uh, you know, in, in life, but for that day in front of you. That's, I think, a big thing when setting goals. And I have some players here that tell me, I want to hit 400, coach. That's my goal. And it's like, no, it's not your goal. Your goal is to get in today and take 15 or 20 solid swings off of a machine or off a tee or in batting practice. That's your goal. And if you can do that every single day, then you actually have a chance to hit 400. But you can't roll out of bed and say, hey, I'm going to make a million bucks today. And have no plan, right? That's it, 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 you know. It, it does it. <laughs> no, I wish it did, but <laughs> <laughs> so do I. <laughs> if you figure it out, you holler. We'll have another show. Um, right. <laughs> you, you just you just did something though that I think is so important, and I, I'll say this till I'm I don't know what color in the face, you know, t- telling people to do this, and that's verbalize your goals. Because if you don't make them, you know, like you saying you want to be the winningest coach in the history of everything, or you know, that mm-hmm. is so cool to say because you put it out there. And if you don't put it out there, people don't know about it. People can't support it. People can't, you know. Um, but when you put it out there like that, it becomes real. What do you Absolutely. think about that? Oh, I, I agree with you 100%. If, um, if you're embarrassed by your goals and you're truly not convicted in them, you know, and people yeah. may look at you like you're crazy, but the reality is, if you believe in yourself, that's the, that's the only person you need to believe in. It's the only person who's believing you is yourself. Yeah, you know, uh, we were at a we were at a camp for something with one of my kids, and um, the the coach said to the whole entire group, "Don't ever let anybody shame your work ethic out of you." Hmm. That's great. Think about that's, that. That that is powerful. I have never heard that before, and I'm going to probably steal that. Use it. Yeah, <laughs> he said, and it's um. It's, do you want me to tell you who it's from, or should please? I, um, it's from the co- from Brendan Sullivan, the head of the Head First program. Yeah. Um, he was talking about how, um, you know, he got cut from the from the pros, and he was talking about his process. Um, Brendan, if you're listening, you can articulate this much better. But he was saying he was always the first guy to be there when he got when he got drafted and went into the one of the big leagues, he was always the first guy there. He would turn on the lights even, you know, and people would make fun of him. Uh, the guys who'd been there forever would be like, you don't need to do that, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and he said his baseball career was over in like 26 seconds flat. And, you know, he was in his car crying on his way back to wherever he was on the way back to it. And he goes, wait a minute, I have a degree from Stanford. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And, and then he told the kids, you know, school first, student athlete first. And, you know, uh, it was just so inspirational as a parent of of I, you know I have four boys who all love athletics and all this stuff and I was just like yes finally I'm around somebody who totally gets this you know student 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 and the work ethic and the community and everything but he said don't ever let he said to this entire group of kids don't ever let anybody shame your work ethic out of you that's, and it became our motto awesome. in this family for the past I don't know like three years it it just completely became you know, on the fridge motto. Isn't that a great thing? That's really a great thing. I mean, that's that's kind of in a nutshell talks about 
just you buying into what you want to be, be, be. And I mean, that's really, you know, not, and not changing who you are because you're embarrassed. That's, that's, that's really powerful stuff. And I'm definitely going to, uh, going to steal that and use that. Yeah, on a pretty go for regular it. Basis. I stole it too. <laughs> I tell them every time I steal it. I'm like, I said it again. <laughs> it's so funny, but you know, you just did that though. in what you were saying with all your goals and everything. And, um, I think I think that's really cool, and I hope I hope the the people listening, whatever age you are listening to this show, I hope that inspires you to. Um, I want to ask you. I hope that inspires you to talk about your goals out loud, and even if they're the craziest goals ever. I mean, I can I I've been called so many names over the course of time with even like my radio show or quitting my job and doing best ever you, all these things, and the goals are high. And um, but I vocalize them all the time, and I heard you do that, and I I try and teach that to people I encounter as best I can. But I want to ask you, how did you learn to do that? How how did you get a value system in place and a goal system in place and all this stuff? Did it just come naturally to you? Did somebody teach that to you? How'd you do that? Uh, I you know I um, I was very timid throughout my grammar school and um you know even through high school I was pretty timid. My mother used to joke around and say that if people didn't know I was I was a, an attachment of her I was a part of her as far as I'd basically be clinging onto her, her leg when I was I have a little a few kid. Of those. Oh, you know, <laughs> I have so, a few of those <laughs> so you know, I was very timid and um you know, I think I was in, it was really actually kind of a weird a weird way that I felt like I needed to kinda be myself more, but I remember I was a sophomore in high school at Archbishop Malloy, and I had to write, you know, I had to sign something uh, from my gym teacher, Rich Rogers, and uh, Mr. Ro- I walk up to Mr. Rogers, and I kind of, you know, I'm hunched, and I give it to him, and he looks at me, and he says, Derba, what is this? And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, what did I do? You know, it was just literally just my signature, I'm thinking, did I spell my name wrong? And he, it was, <laughs> and I wrote, I wrote there, and it was very tiny. It was I mean, you know, Nicholas Durham is not a, like a short name, but, you know, he's super tiny. He looked at me and he said, Nick, how are you supposed, like, this is this tells me you're not confident. I remember thinking to myself, well, you're right, but how does he know? He's like, next time you write your name, he's crumpled, crumpled up the paper and gave it back, gave me a different piece and said, write your name. And he's like, make it big. And I remember writing my name and it was the oddest thing. And he, and I felt better. It's, it's expensive. It's, it's crazy to to explain it, but I felt more confident. And then he caught me that same day in the in the um, in the hallways, and my head was down. And he, and he was like, "Nick, wherever you walk from now on, if I see you with your head down, I'm gonna hip check you." He was a hockey coach, so I kept my head up. And um, you know, I felt like it was the weirdest thing, but it was just changing a perspective. And then you know, him and I would we talked. He would talk to me about what I want to be, and and I remember telling him I want to be a pediatrician, and he would tell me, you're nuts. You're not going to be a pediatrician. And I would kind of like, you know, sit back a little bit. And he was like, don't, you know, if you want to be a pediatrician, you got to, you got to tell me. And it was more than anything else over practice, I think. And and just being confident in who I was, um, you know, I kind of joke around, but, you know, you know, physical appearance is a big thing, you know, and, um, you know, I, I was a high school, I was a freshman in high school with a, already a receding hairline, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and, and I'm an all boys school. Two. So yeah, you know, and I'm a, an all boys school and people are making fun of you a little bit. And I'm thinking to myself, Oh my gosh. And, uh, over time you just, I just became comfortable with who I was. And I was lucky enough that it just kind of happened like that. But, 
um, you know, I know what it's like to, to have to try to work towards. It doesn't just happen overnight, you know. Yeah. Now you get now you have a great signature, right? <laughs> no, it's terrible, but at least it's big. <laughs> you know, it's funny they don't just a side note here. They don't teach the kids to write cursive anymore in school, so none of them know how to sign their name. Uh, <laughs> I actually <laughs> had no you. idea about that. <laughs> the craziest thing, yeah. In um, yeah, the class of I think it was 2017. That was the class. The that was the last class that they the first class that they stopped teaching cursive to. So nobody really? knows how to sign their name. Yeah, no. Here anyway. <laughs> wild. So they're printing. They print their name. That's wild. Oh yeah, it is wild. Yeah. So I've had to have cursive classes here with kids. Um, just a side <laughs> note. Nothing to do with the show, but yeah. Um, all right. So let's go back on track because I don't want to keep you very much longer because I know you have things to do, especially if you talk to the whole team, all the team individually today already. Um, what's the biggest obst- obstacle? Um, that you face being the baseball coach at Maine. I might have hinted at one of them today in one of my tweets about it being really cold here, <laughs> but um, what, do you, what really are the obstacles? Well, you know, geography is obviously a big part of it, um, you know, but it really is finding the right guy to be here because it's, you know, you know, kind of we kind of joke around. You know, I'm going to focus mainly on the state of Maine. Um, you know, our biggest our biggest obstacle is actually being attractive enough for a lot of our Southern Maine uh, student athletes to want to stay here in Maine and play for their, play for their university. You know, we have a lot of luck getting kids from Florida, Florida here sometimes more luck getting them up here to go to school than we do a lot of our guys here in the state. Um, So that's a big obstacle for us. And I think, you know, this is why I truly believe that the culture and the environment that we, we, we create here, um, will make us more attractive because when we get kids here on campus, they kind of realize that this is not a, this is not just some other school. It's a very special place. And just getting them here, just to show them, show them the facilities, but more importantly to, for us to build a relationship with, with each individual, that's um, just getting our foot in the door is the biggest obstacle really for coaching. Yeah, we got to travel and we got to take care of this and that, but that's, you know, that's, that's easy stuff. It's really getting, the uh, getting a, getting a player and getting a parent to truly get to know us as a coaching staff and to see the see the place up here that's our biggest obstacle. Yeah, my oldest went to school there, so we we know it well. It's a really cool campus up there. Um, it's it's um, it's manageable. Like I went to the University of Iowa, which was massive. You're taking buses everywhere to go from one mm. side of the campus to the other, and all this stuff. And that UMaine is it's doable isn't it yeah it's you know it's it on on the map the, the it, it's, it's expansive it's huge on the map but you know when where students have to go between dining halls and dorms and classes it's actually it's not very big at all you know no. we don't see a whole lot of bikes and a lot of mopeds on campus you know kids walk even even the dead of winter you see a lot of you see kids walking which is walking. incredible but um you know it's it's a good it's a nice campus it's very comfortable it's very safe as well yeah, no, it's a it's a beautiful campus too. It's um, um, it's if I remember right, it's very brick. It's very red brick, and it's all on one side of the river for the most part. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, no, that's correct. It's, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, yep. So, all right, is there anything um, that I haven't asked you that you want to talk about before we go? Um, you know, I think um, we pretty much hit, hit everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you want to come on again, please 
be here. We'd love to have you back and talk about more baseball. I know I didn't get in-depth into all the statistics and all that stuff. I don't know if I could carry a whole hour show with sports, with real sports radio. I don't know. No, I, 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 in all honesty, Elizabeth, um, this is the, the statistics stuff for me is of ah. least importance. Um, Me too. So that's, I mean, I, I love it, but I, I'm finding myself um, having to learn it. And I'm totally open to that, but it, um, it it's too uncomfortable for me at this point to be able to talk intelligently for that length of time, maybe five, ten minutes or so. But I, lo- I just absolutely love um, student-athletes and coaches and sports, and so anything I can do to kind of to help foster that environment, I, I try to when I can. So I'm so thankful that you, that you came onto the show today, and it was so nice to get you, to know you better. And um, best of luck to you guys in your whole season. And... Um, we have a question coming in here at the end. Do you want to take one more question? Sure. Okay, we have a question. Um, it just got tweeted to me, actually. Um, they want to know what you guys do in the off season. So um, we're actually wrapping up now. So next week is finals week. Um, so, you know, after fi- uh, next week is uh, the last week of classes, and then there will be finals, finals week the week after. Wintertime goes, we actually, this wintertime is like our summer vacation. Uh, so for us, you know, I kind of go and be a, be a husband and be a son <laughs> and yeah. family. Um, and then during the summertime is actually one of our craziest times of the year. Uh, we recruit pretty much from the time the season ends. We're on the road recruiting either in Maine, Massachusetts, or Florida um, all through the summer. And, you know, we run some camps, you know, camps and prospect camps throughout, throughout the summertime. But that's actually one of our busiest times of the year. Uh, from late January until, you know, mid-August, um, you know, we aren't home very much. We're recruiting and playing games and kind of awesome. trying to find the next crop of black bears. Yep, awesome. All right. Um, take care. Thank you for being with me today for this long. I appreciate it and um, great information. I hope everybody learned a lot, is inspired, and follows Maine Baseball. What's the website for Maine Baseball? GoBlackBears.com. GoBlackBears.com, and the Twitter is at Maine Baseball. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. Yep. And then you're on Facebook. And then if people want to reach you directly, um, you're at Nick Durba on Twitter. Um, is that the best way to reach you if people want to reach you? That's perfect. Yep, that's perfect. Okay, okay. awesome, everybody. Wonderful. Thank you, Coach Durba, for being with me. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.